This episode of Women Who Kill is sponsored by Versity Blood Centers. Donating blood is always important, but right now it's needed more than ever because donation sites like schools and libraries across the U.S. have closed. That means that thousands of blood drives have been canceled. Your blood donation can help everyone from trauma victims to surgery patients to premature babies and cancer patients. Find out more at versity.org. That's V-E-R-S-I-T-I dot org. You're about to listen to episode 52 of Women Who Kill. If you're liking the show so far, don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. Leave a rating, leave a review. Helps out a lot. Helps new people find the show. And if you want to send an email or you've been talked about on the show and you're mad at me for some reason, send that to wwkpodcast.gmail.com. Our guest today, very funny writer and comedian, host of the What A Day podcast from Crooked Media, Akila Hughes. Yo, thanks for having me. Thank you for doing it. Of course. Uh, this is our second <laughs> quarantine episode. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> exciting. Exactly. How are you holding up? Oh, man, I am lucky enough to be an extreme introvert, <laughs> so so not much has changed. It's nice. It's, uh, I, I'm, I'm used to it, uh, mm-hmm. watching everyone else spiral because they need human contact. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> How about you? I'm doing all right. I think that uh, this is... It's like it's weird because I, my work hasn't changed in on what a day we've been covering coronavirus since the beginning of January. So it's just sort of like the slow motion train wreck <laughs> of watching uh, the world succumb. Watching everyone else figure it out. Right. And so I think what's kind of difficult is like I've I mean, I've been you know preparing and stockpiling and doing all the things for weeks and months and telling people to do so. And uh, I guess what like there's a part of me that's like super grateful that I have a job because like I know a ton of people, you know, millions of people just got laid off. Yeah. But on top of that, it's like now I'm at home and <laughs> I am still just like I have to stay up with the news all day. Like I don't get to take a break. I don't get to like take a breath. <laughs> it's just oh, because you're always researching breath. for to get ready for the next episode. Yeah, yeah, because it's daily. Yeah. So we're mm-hmm. I'm just so in it that I'm like I don't oh, really want my crazy. house to feel like this. Like I was fine with it being my job at you know outside of the home and then coming home and decompressing. And now I'm just like uh-huh. my work is my home and my home is my work. <laughs> oh yeah, that's gonna be tough. I mean, I, I do this once a week, and and that's that's like uh, I, it makes me tired. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I can't I can't imagine every day. That's impressive. So. Today we're I'm I'm kind of a, I'm a little worried because today we're going to be talking about uh, Griselda Blanco. Yes. <laughs> who is also known as the Black Widow. Yeah. The godmother. The, <laughs> the godmother, the cocaine godmother and the queen of narco. Her, one of her protégés is uh, a little, uh, I don't know, not so commonly well-known guy. Goes by the name of Pablo Escobar. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Go off, you know. Uh, <laughs> she's inspiring. <laughs> she's inspiring historic yeah. uh, drug crimes. So I guess that's feminism. <laughs> yeah, one of her kids is still alive. Uh, l- luckily, he says he's out of the business. So uh, I- I'm hoping to not uh, offend him. Yeah. I don't know. I know, same. So that said, I don't know how many jokes I'll cut out of this episode. <laughs> but uh, okay, we'll start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar with Griselda Blanco. She was born February 15th, 1943. Uh, how are you? How's your astrology, Akila? Uh, I got to say, I'm like a selfish astrologer. I know everything about myself and like my relatives, but 
I'm not entirely sure what she would be. She's obviously right after Capricorn. But okay. what is that? Is that Aquarius? <laughs> An Aquarius, you're right. I'm a Capricorn, so I, I am always excited to find out that a serial killer is not my sign. Uh, they're very rare, <laughs> yeah. uh, apparently. So that's that's good to know. That makes me feel good about myself. <laughs> well, I'm a Virgo. There are a lot of Virgo serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she was born in the, the most dangerous city in Colombia. Yeah. Medellin? Yeah. Uh, apparently, when she was a kid, a lot of kids had the hobby of uh, just digging holes uh, around town because that's what adults got kids to do to to try to Tire get rid of some of the <laughs> bodies that were laying around. Oh, man. There were so many bodies in the streets. So I guess she had kind of a, a tumultuous upbringing. Stepfather was abusive. Some people say that, she, that her very first murder uh, she committed at the age of 11. Allegedly, allegedly, she kidnapped the ten-year-old son of uh, a rich guy in town, mm-hmm. and they held him for ransom. And when his family refused to give up money, she was handed a gun and she shot the kid in the head and killed him. Wow! Yikes! <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> Cold-blooded. Yeah. That was the beginning, and she ran away from home at 16 to get away from her her stepfather uh, assaulting her Mm. and became a a petty criminal. Some people say became a prostitute, but again, there's there's multiple accounts. Uh, I don't know if if the multiple accounts are due to to shame. Yeah. I mean, it could be that. Yeah. It's also, you know, I think... Uh, you know, if the if Colombia was such a dangerous place, there probably were a lot of different like, you know, trains of thought as to what actually happened. I don't think that there was like an official record uh, so much as like people. She has a lot of lore. She's like you said, kind of prolific. So I'm sure that the stories vary widely. And it was the 50s. So there was no uh, there were no documentarians or. Uh, live streaming or yeah it turns out they didn't have the citizen app yeah. like oh that's Griselda again <laughs> back at it again with the murder <laughs> yeah she didn't keep a journal like but it, it would seem that many murderers of color did not keep journals yeah any of them right. white ladies who murder love to journal about it yeah well you know that's the funny thing it's like on the one hand maybe that's privilege of like you know feeling very confident in your writing and being told that like journals are something noble and so like feeling something there on the other hand it's like why keep a paper trail right (laughs) yeah for podcasts specifically (laughs) right and that makes sense because a lot of other murderers uh their spree doesn't last for a long time if you're a journaler, yeah. your spree usually lasts for a, f- a couple years. Yeah. And uh, Griselda built an empire that spanned uh, more than 50 years. So yeah. let's get into it. Let's get into it. So her first marriage happened uh, when she was still a teenager. Do you know this guy? <laughs> Which guy? Oh, you know the first guy. About, uh, yeah. As- Carlos, Carlos oh, yes. Trio. Not involved in the drug trade. Right. Okay. Got he, it. So this he is He was like... just a small time, small time criminal and uh she had her first three kids with him. Okay. All right. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Fair. Check out these names. Dixon, mm. U- Uber, uh which is spelled like Uber, <laughs> and Osvaldo. Oh. 
Those are beautiful names. And we'll, we'll talk about what happened to them later, but. Uh, yeah. Second husband, 1975. Uh, this is where, when the marriages start getting significant. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, this was Bravo. Mm, okay, got it, got it, got Al- it. Alberto Bravo. So he's the one who got her into the business, so to speak. I guess that's the thing. If you marry someone that's like already into drugs, what else you gonna do? What's you gonna right. do? Right. Uh, but you know, he was this prolific drug trafficker, and I'm sure that, like, as we said, she came from kind of small beginnings mm-hmm. and pretty dangerous beginnings. So why wouldn't you be with the guy who has made a name for himself, but also made a lot of money in yeah. the drug trade? So Alberto and Griselda didn't have any kids. Because they were too busy uh, doing business, I guess. Yeah, the cocaine was strong in the 70s, so <laughs> it's uh, kind of tough to yeah. also have more children on top of that. They moved from Colombia to the U.S. together. Mm-hmm. They you got know? fake passports. <laughs> they initially settled in Queens, just started doing business. They, started, they, they built a huge cocaine business, and cocaine was new right. to New York City at the time. Before that, the big illegal... Drug was was weed. It's so weird. Yeah, right. It's kind of sad <laughs> that people were were getting. They're worried about that weed. reefer, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so wacky tobacco. Yeah, <laughs> sad. April nineteen seventy five. Mm-hmm. So things went. She a gets indicted. Right. Yeah, with thirty of her uh, coworkers. I guess she oh. runs away. <laughs> she goes back to Colombia, where she can't be arrested, uh, and hangs out there for. A couple years, and then comes back. Mm-hmm. She's back. Now, and this is when? when she comes to Miami, yes? This is such a crazy story that it's hard to keep the timeline. Yeah, well, it's just such a long story. I mean, I yeah. guess, like, you know, to be succinct, uh, the 70s were a big cocaine time for her in America with her new husband, Alberto. Mm-hmm. But then 1975 rolls around. They're making a lot of money. I mean, people are saying they're making millions of dollars. but. Right. She believed that her husband was dipping in the Kool-Aid <laughs> and, uh, you know, eating the Which stash. Which is crazy. And How so, do you yeah. embezzle from your spouse? I mean, you know, I've been watching a lot of Ozark. <laughs> what I can tell you is uh-huh. families who crime together are very bad at it. They often don't think about the fact that, like, it's not their money they're playing with. Um, yeah. Because, like, even as they're, you know, these sort of drug lords, there are still people that they owe money. So while he's out here taking a cut for himself without her knowing she's thinking that he's upright and uh, 1975 rolls around she gotta shoot him yeah she confronts him in a parking lot Mm -hmm. and she pulls out a pistol and he pulls out an uzi yeah (laughs) i mean again (laughs) this is a 70s shootout and somehow i think this is a a testament to how good she was at crime Mm mm-hmm Alberto ends up dead along with six of his bodyguards. Yeah. Six bodyguards and one man with an Uzi are all taken out by one. I, mean, I guess a woman with a 38. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's barely five feet tall. Mm. Maybe that's why they missed. <laughs> and she gets shot once, uh, a superficial abdomen wound. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, it seems like she was built for this life, and the people who are her adversaries ultimately were not. Yeah. So at this point, she she runs 
to Colombia, comes back a few years later after the heat dies down, mm-hmm. and gets married again. Oh, yeah. Cause it, which is interesting, because it's like, I would never even think about doing any of these kinds of crimes, and I, <laughs> I'm i having a horrible time fighting someone, but apparently it's easier to find marriage and love in a, <laughs> when you're just not an upstanding human being, yeah. and you're a murdering drug dealer. But okay, fine. I'm not going to say I'm jealous of Griselda Blanco. <laughs> But I don't know. I I'm guess maybe. Jealous. I I guess it it just depends on how willing you are to date your coworkers. It's a good point. Also, if you have to murder them in the end, is it love? <laughs> <You know? laughs> These uh-huh. are real questions. Yeah, but I'm getting ahead of us. You know, I'm getting ahead of us. <laughs> Her third husband, Dario Sepulveda. Mm-hmm. Griselda has one kid with Dario. She names him Michael Corleone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, definitely after the the Godfather series, which I think is, you know, fine. I mean, it's like a little on the nose when you're doing, <laughs> you're a drug dealer. Yeah. But fine. It's like naming your kid Scarface. <laughs> but you know what? If that's what she needs, that's what she needs. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, do you think Pablo Escobar was mad that she didn't name him Pablo? Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, she's, yeah, I guess, did she know Escobar at this point? Because I guess he maybe wasn't prolific enough to, like, have Well, she got Escobar into the game, and apparently they were really good friends, but then ended up becoming arch nemeses. Yeah. Is that the plural of nemesis? I think so. Or is it (laughs) nemesises? It's got to be nemesis. The way that her relationship with Dario ended was, uh... They got in a big fight. Griselda <laughs> found out Dario was having an affair with a stripper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he decides, I'm out of here, but I want to take the kid with me. Mm-hmm. She's not a fan of that situation, but he does it anyway. Yeah. So she waits until he gets back to Columbia and then hires someone to pretend to be cops oh, to wow. pull him over and kill him. Oof. I guess, you know, at this point, you know, I don't, I, I've lost count, like the body count for her uh-huh. but uh and then does... we're not even into her into her actual like big time criming and there's so many bodies there's so many bodies but there's also so many children and it's like what do they think is happening like what do they think their life is yeah michael saw literally saw his his dad assassinated those hired hitmen uh brought him back to uh, miami goodness gracious so we have yeah. this we have a uh, her kind of second act where she is now making, I mean, she's millions of dollars. She is, a, I mean, I think she's already gotten the nickname the godmother of cocaine by this point, too. Yeah, at this point, she is uh, running Miami and bringing in, some people said uh, $80 million a month. Wow. Uh, because she, she started in Miami and then she expanded her network across the United States. So that's how, how much money she was said to be bringing in. Wow. Which is... Crazy money for even now. So right. like in 1980s money. That's exactly right. Also, I mean, this is another bizarre aside. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, as I've been doing some research about this to prepare for the uh-huh. podcast, I keep seeing that like Jennifer Lopez is going to play her in a movie. And I got to tell you, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> I am in. She's like, you know, who not played her a couple. Oscar. I think she'll she'll be great. And though I kind of wish that they would cast a, a chubby person oh, to for play sure. her like yeah and like a not tall i don't think that jayla's like super tall or anything but pretty sure she's taller than griselda was you know yeah yeah 
better though than yeah. the lifetime version of the story, which had Catherine Zeta Jones mm-hmm. playing her. Wild. Yeah, they they tan they tanned her up a little bit. Oh man. Tiny bit. And it got terrible reviews. Yeah. Terrible reviews. But I want to see her played by a they should have they should have cast her like they cast the lady who killed Selena. Oh, yeah, that lady. That lady would have been perfect. <laughs> yeah. And like she's probably I mean, I guess like we would need like a younger and older cuz she, uh-huh. you know, lives for a while. I'm not going to do yeah. a spoiler yet, but I will say she didn't die young. Oh, how um, amazing would it be if they cast JLo as young her and then the lady who played uh the lady who killed Selena as older her. And oh, they I love have a that. little reunion. I mean, I'm into that. She's just really fascinating. But um all right, where did we leave off? <laughs> so Michael gets brought back to Miami and uh she's she's building her empire. Now, since Michael's dad was killed, he also had a a couple of older brothers. Okay. Uh, who we mentioned earlier, yes. the the first three, husband. yeah, the three brothers with, with her first husband, Carlos. They all ended up doing prison time for because they were bad at business. I guess they they got into the family business. Yeah. They were not great at it. They ended up going to prison and then being deported back to Colombia. And uh, as soon as they got there, dying under quote mysterious circumstances. Mm. I mean, you know, if you're gonna, you're willing to kill your husband who gave you those children. Look, I can hypothesize all I want. Also, she's dead, so hopefully she won't come for me. But I think that it is fascinating, <laughs> and uh-huh. there there can be some assumptions made about what went down. But also, you know, this is Griselda Blanco is a person at this point in her story that has so many enemies because she's already been involved in the murders of so many people, and I'm sure mm-hmm. you know the drug arrests of so many dealers and all of these things. Yeah, that uh. You can never be certain who's taken yeah. out her people. So uh, eventually she, I, I feel like she developed a taste for murder quite early on, mm-hmm. but she was also uh, apparently a kind of a sadistic person. Mm. At one point she develops a taste for her product. Yeah. And it's somehow, it, yeah, <laughs> somehow uh, it, it leads her to gain weight, which I, I thought the opposite. Uh, it usually happens. Yeah, typically it's like if you're a junkie, that's sort of what ends up happening. So that is fascinating. I wonder what that is. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's the thing where like you know you're addicted to that, and then you try to get clean, and so you have to be addicted to other things, and then that ends up being food and whatnot. But you know, I guess the the Godfather was not a small man. So who's oh, to say? true? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if you're living a lavish lifestyle, you're you're eating. Yeah, you eating good in the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> She was very openly bisexual mm-hmm. and would, at gunpoint, have people have sex with her. Wow. And would throw parties with, like, strippers and ha- make the strippers uh, participate in orgies with her. And then at the end would, like, kill everybody. Oh, my gosh. Worst party ever. Right? (laughs) It's like, what's the point? You're at work and you're having sex and then you get killed. It's just too many things. Ah, They don't get paid enough for that. So that happened. Um, She is said to have had more than 200 people killed, though. Wait, in her lifetime? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it was more than like 2,000. Right? It's. I feel like that's a conservative estimate. Oh, for sure. I mean, it is wild because like if you're she's got a multinational 
drug enterprise. Yeah, 600 plus employees. I mean, I'm watching, like I said, I'm watching Ozark right now. <laughs> and you got like 200 think, people died in the first season alone. Right. <laughs> and this guy's not a genius. So it's like, <laughs> I think that would be a very conservative estimate. Um, and, you know, we'll get there in the story, but even after she ends up behind bars, right? Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. having people killed. She is de- like deeply feared because she has so many people in her pocket, including, in a lot of places, the law. Yeah. So it can be assumed that she is responsible with for thousands and thousands of deaths. And apparently the only person, uh, I would assume in the world, who was not afraid of her was, was Pablo. Right. And even then, I'm sure one-on-one, he wouldn't love that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. with their, his army versus her army, fine. But I don't think he would feel super comfortable if she's carrying, like, even a rusty spoon. <laughs> and he's got <laughs> a machine gun. He's uh-huh. like, listen, she ain't playing. <laughs> Are you familiar with this, uh, this idea that she was involved in potentially trying to kidnap JFK Jr.? Yeah, I did read that. And uh, that's, uh, that's another thing that her son uh, denies yeah. ever happened. So it's like... Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like once you were that, I think, larger than life in terms of like just power and fear, who knows what's true? <laughs> right. Because it was said that she planned to kidnap him to to get out of, was it to get out of prison? Yeah, I think that's right. I think that her plan, you know, allegedly, all right, all of this is alleged because uh, the obviously, ultimately, the charges are dropped. But the idea is like this is ransom to be able to go back to Colombia. It just never seemed to happen. But I guess that is after the arrest. Let's talk about this arrest. By the way, I feel like if if there was a plot to kidnap JFK, it would have happened because, I mean, the the Kennedy family hasn't been too lucky. Right. I mean, if you're like, if you even, I think of them as like, you know, the ancillary characters on Seventh Heaven. Like, if you know the, like, pastor in seventh heaven you got some Uh fucking problems (laughs) Uh, and like if you're a kennedy you for sure are gonna die in a very sad or weird way Um, but also did you hear about the pastor from seventh heaven his in real life he's a a pedophile oh my god so yeah if you know him at all (laughs) in real life or on screen yeah i did not know that and also like ugh, what a disaster what a fucking disaster well that ruined my life (laughs) Well, and you know what happened is uh, the news about him came out around the same time that uh, that Prince died. Oh, man. So it got buried. Yeah. Immediately overshadowed. That is just outrageous. That's just outrageous. Well, <laughs> he's burning. Well, he's not dead. Damn it. I was like, he's burning in hell, but he's, I guess he's just in jail. I, I'll, I'll have to do uh, a, like, a deep dive on that yeah, after this call. Yeah. <laughs> I love that show so much. I really uh, did. We used to pay this girl on the bus in high school to sing the theme song like a quarter. <laughs> and she was really good. <laughs> she just didn't realize we were really fleecing her. <laughs> that was the extent of my crime, I think. <laughs> my crime life was just extorting a child <laughs> to sing the theme song of a beloved 90s show. That's so funny. Uh, so February 17th, mm-hmm. 1985, the DEA is staking out one of their houses in Irvine, mm-hmm. Irvine, California. What a bloody episode, right? Speaking of blood, do you know your blood type? Type O negative is the universal blood type and can be given to any patient regardless of their blood type. 
This is especially important in emergencies like car accidents where there's not time to give type-specific blood. O-negative is also important for premature infants who often need frequent transfusions due to blood loss. Even if you're not type O-negative, you can still help out. Right now, there's a critical shortage of blood across the U.S. because so many donation drives have been canceled. Make sure your community has enough blood by donating. Learn more about this episode's sponsor, Versity Blood Centers. Find a blood drive or donor center near you and schedule your next appointment at versity.org. That's V-E-R-S-I-T-I dot org. Because they're never sure when she's home because she has five or six homes. She's got safe homes in New York City, in Miami, uh, in San Francisco, in Columbia. And they see her kid, little six-year-old Michael, standing in the open doorway of the house. <laughs> then they see mom pop up behind him. And uh, they're like, it's go time. Let's, let's do this. Mm-hmm. They raid the house. She's arrested and held without bail. Is sentenced to, uh, to not very long. Right. I mean, it's considering, but it's like, you know, whatever you can get the person on, whatever the charge is, that you can actually figure it out. Right. Because they could only pin three murders on her. Right. Two of them were drug dealers. Mm-hmm. And one of them was the two-year-old son of one of her ex-hitmen. He had decided to stop working with her, and uh, she wasn't a big fan of that, so she put a hit out on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, there's this uh, hit technique mm-hmm. she apparently pioneered. Oh. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I hate to give her any props, but let's hear about this pioneer effort. Oh, she also pioneered uh, underwear with, with pockets in them, by the mm-hmm. way. I mean, you For know smuggling. <laughs> An inventor. She, she had her own uh, lingerie shop mm-hmm. in Colombia that only made smug, drug smuggling underwear. That's wild. Imagine if you went in there just looking for regular panties. You're like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I put these. I was like looking around at these, but they all have a back pocket. <laughs> Do you have any regular? She's like, no. And now you work for me. And they're like, oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> Everyone who walked in. Uh, mm-hmm. Victoria yeah. has a terrible secret. exactly it's murder (laughs) so uh the technique that she pioneered was the 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 motorcycle hit which was one person driving the motorcycle a second person as the gun person and doing basically drive-bys on motorcycle because it was really easy to get away yeah that technique became so popular that uh columbia banned motorcycles with more than one rider uh, around uh, government properties. She ordered a hit out on him. Uh, the gunman ended up missing the guy and shooting the kid two yeah. times in the head. He died. And when she was told about it, first she was, uh, quote, really, really sad that they missed their target. But then and uh, decided that she was happy because now they were even. The reason why the hit was placed on him was I'm assuming not working for her any longer had something to do with it. But the big thing was that she felt that he had insulted her son. Mm -hmm. And, you know, pride is everything in the drug business. Yeah. You know, you can't can't go around insulting people. So she's like, you insult my son, you lose yours. That's even, right? That's (laughs) Exactly. In her mind, that is even. It's like she deserves respect. He doesn't deserve to live. And, like, Mm -hmm. that's – it's wild, but it's, I guess, how you maintain any sense of – 
like control <laughs> yeah. because you're always under attack after a certain point. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the murders that uh, she was able to be uh, convicted for. Mm-hmm. I think she got 15 years in prison. Okay. And that entire time, she was still running this drug empire. So right. the money's stacking up, although she is still, uh, according to like the HBO documentary that I love, I think it's just called The Godmother. The, the best part about that documentary is the idea that she she didn't ever really stop working while she was in jail, which is kind of like, right. like I said, with, you know, my life covering the coronavirus every day, <laughs> it's like, I guess, you know, we don't have to stop working when you're in uh-huh. jail. Yeah. Which is Allegedly, she had her, her youngest son's help with the family business, but, you know, we're just going to keep that as alleged. Uh, he's got a new reality show, by the way. When she was in prison, she continued to run her business. She was released. Because I believe uh, the case fell through. Right. Uh, Some of the charges had to be dropped. One of her right-hand men, who was a star witness Mm -hmm. in the case against her, they ended up finding him to be an unreliable witness. Yes, because he was fucking the opposition. (laughs) Yeah, he was having phone sex with two secretaries in the DA's office. Yeah, which... Not not one. Right, it's like, talk about... like. Eye on the prize. Like, are you yeah. trying to get, like, lock this person away? Obviously, you're not doing a very good job if you can't even keep it in your pants for the duration <laughs> of the case. Like, uh huh. It's just, I mean, these people are professionals at one thing, and it seems like it's just the drug part. No one can resist a Colombian accent. Mm-hmm. Or he's just like so horned up from all of the, the charges. <laughs> <laughs> so they ended up without anyone else willing to testify against her. Right. And some people think that he actually orchestrated everything to happen that way mm-hmm. because he put himself in a really bad position becoming a witness. Right. But I mean, then yeah. sabotaging the case. Ultimately saving her at, life because they were right. going for the death penalty. Right. And they had a really good case against her. And it's mm-hmm. like, this is you know his mistake. I couldn't figure out in my research, how that came to light, like who figured that out. Right. But who, who, I imagine, you know, she records? could hire someone, <laughs> she could probably hire someone worthwhile to get some dirt. Yeah. Or there were people in the DA's, in the DA's office on her payroll. I mean, not impossible, right? This is, we're talking about a mastermind, a person who has, you know, amassed millions of dollars <laughs> in a time when millions of dollars is like, you know, when Dr. Evil wakes up. <laughs> <laughs> and he's uh-huh. like a million <laughs> he's just like uh, 80 million and it's still insane um <laughs> a month you know so i think that it, it's not impossible for her to have been this successful in america she obviously had some like crooked cops in her pocket and i'm mm-hmm. sure that like it you had to be squeaky clean and unafraid to get her to pin her down and that those two Which things is just nobody exist. right yeah exist. <laughs> so in uh 2004 Mm-hmm. She gets out of prison and is deported. Yeah. Lives a, a quiet life there for a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right. She's back in Colombia. She's among her people. It's going that way. A, yeah, she's living in a big old empty mansion. Mm-hmm. And apparently uh, became a born-again Christian in prison. Cause who, who doesn't? 
<laughs> I mean, you got to do something to pass the time. It was either yeah. that or like, I guess, you know, she's not going to be a skinhead. <laughs> she's a little brown <laughs> for that. And uh, I, I imagine like, I don't know. I watch, I'm rewatching Oz over this uh, at home break. And I'm like, I, I don't know that women tend to like convert to uh, Islam in prison as much as men do. So I assume it's like, you know, and oh, true. I guess Catholicism is pretty big in all, you know, sort of Hispanic culture and uh -huh. South American cultures. And so yeah. perhaps that was just like the easiest thing. I don't know why I'm going so long on her <laughs> religious transformation. I just think it's interesting. You know, what do you choose when you're the godmother? Yeah. Cause I mean, she wasn't, she wasn't exactly young when she was, finally arrested right right i mean this is you know late in her life yeah not much is known about what she did from the time that she was released until the time that she died so i guess she kind of kept a low profile mm -hmm. some people her daughter-in-law said that she was living off of income from a couple properties she owned mm -hmm. so i guess she became the next <laughs> the next worst thing mm -hmm. uh to a, a a drug kingpin was a which is a landlord. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. I'm pretty sure that even like that holds true in the Bible as well, right? I'm pretty sure they're like, don't be a landlord, <laughs> don't be a tax collector, and I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> so September third, mm -hmm. 2012. This is eight years after. She was released from prison. And eight years ago. She's at a butcher shop. Buying some meats. With her daughter-in-law. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know why it's significant how much she spent on the meat, but right. I couldn't I mean, find any report of this that didn't mention it. I know. And I'm, I, you know what I sort of wonder is because, mm. you know, Colombia does have sort of a tumultuous economy that it seems like a lot of money. Now, it could be that or, um, you know, neighboring Venezuela had a lot of... I mean, still has, you know, the issues with the government and all uh -huh. of the all of that shit. And so this could just be the cost of meat at the time because things, you know, all sort of utility is exponentially more expensive. Ah. Or it could be the opposite in that maybe it's just very cheap at this point. But I in my sort of research, it seems like it might be that it wasn't that much. <laughs> it was just like it was very expensive, but it wasn't that much meat. A uh, hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Because Venezuela, I'm like, I think it costs like $45 for a gallon of milk now. Like, that's how bad Wait, it's like, sort of gone. Literally? So, yeah. No, I swear. So it's like, <laughs> it, yeah, they're basically the economic turmoil and like the revolution and all of the sort of coups and, uh, you know, corrupt government stuff has made uh -huh. the cost of living impossible. So there's mass wow. starvation. There's mass all of this stuff. And you have this very rich woman mm -hmm. <laughs> comfortably dropping $150 on what is maybe a steak? <laughs> we don't know for sure. <laughs> two two hamburger patties, right? <laughs> so after she buys the meat, uh, a middle aged gunman. That's that's all. That's the only description. That's all they have of him. I could find. Was he was he fat? Was he skinny? Was he tall? Short? I don't know. He's middle aged. You decide. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm just imagining him as a dad. I'm a, I'm imagining him as the the guy who played Pablo Escobar in Narcos. Yeah, yeah, with, oh yeah. <laughs> a big mustache and a little little bit of a dad bod. Gets off a motorcycle. Yeah, walks as an into homage, I guess, probably an homage. Yeah. Mm. Shoots her twice, once in the head, once in the uh torso, I believe. Mhm. Mm and then uh walks back to his bike. 
and rides off into the sunset. Wow. And apparently her daughter-in-law, as she was dying, put up her Bible on her chest. I don't know, is that a last rites sort of a symbolism? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's kind of that. I think it's like, um, you know, sort of a seeing someone off. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. Okay, so I did a little bit of research to just yeah. like go back about the price of things. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I can't get a clear answer on the price of like, you know, meat from a butcher shop. However, the cost of a gallon of milk back then was $21. What? Really? Yes. Because of specifically the like corruption in the government had like completely thrown off what their money was worth. So it probably wasn't even that much meat. Wow. <laughs> I think they were just like, wow, meat is expensive in this shop where she got murked. So yeah, like, just at Costco, $150 is like, like two shopping carts full of meat. I mean, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like it, the cost of living in South America under corrupt governments is just wild. This story is, uh, I guess, over the last few years, Griselda's become sort of a, a cult icon. Yeah. I mean, uh, she is considered, right, she is for sure considered as prolific, if not more so, than Pablo Escobar, mm -hmm. and definitely probably one of the most prolific women who kill in history. And right. so I think, you know, you have a popular uh, true crime podcast. And I think we're living in a time where people are just very curious about, you know, crime. <laughs> and yeah. so I think that that like she has been elevated like her. The lore and mythology about her has so outlived her and outgrown mm -hmm. what she even represented while she was alive, which I think is I mean, in ways <laughs> it's sad to be like kind of like, yeah, but I think it's so easy to give men some sort of like propers, you know, like I, I watched that movie. um, it stars Zac Efron. The Ted Bundy movie? <laughs> yeah, which yeah. it's horrible. It's like the worst movie I've ever seen. You've ever it, seen? Oh, it's so terrible. <laughs> I think the problem was that the reveal was that Ted Bundy was a murderer. And we're like, yeah, <laughs> we got it. Also, uh -huh. they shot it in Cincinnati, because, and that's where I'm from. So I was like, oh, I want to see what they've done. Uh -huh. And it's like cheap to shoot there. And they just like cgi'd in mountains and things to make it look like everywhere else and i'm like okay well now i really don't like this movie oh that's funny but uh but you know i guess all that to say they're gonna make a ton of movies and you know the bundy tapes and all these things mm -hmm. to sort of build up uh like the genius behind a male murderer right when you have this woman who you know in a lot of ways died scot-free and murdered thousands of people. Yeah. And so it's like, man, even in like horrible, horrible murder, women are discounted. <laughs> they don't get the credit. They don't get the credit they deserve. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, just put some respect on her name. <laughs> she was out here doing it while he was doing it. Uh huh. Outlived him. <laughs> so brutal. Well, you have. Uh, I mean, first of all, why? Why does Ted Ted Bundy's like the the Dave Chappelle uh, of serial killers, right? He's got six netflix specials like, <laughs> like there like there aren't other murderers like right. you gotta get you, you gotta give all the murder specials to one guy like we right. know the story right uh, and i think part hear... of it is like the lie that he was so handsome they're like oh this is like a hollywood story i'm like it's yeah. not <laughs> he yeah. wasn't handsome he looked no. like literally every creepy guy in the parking lot at kroger like <laughs> he had a unibrow it was just and that wasn't even the worst of it yeah it could have been much worse or i mean it could have been much better but yeah, I think it's that. And I think that it's just like, it's so much easier to tell that story. But I was going to say, you know, 
how many of these serial killers that are considered prolific who have all of these, you know, podcasts dedicated to them uh-huh. lived and died in the time that she did all of this work? Yeah. And like when we talk about like cocaine money in the 70s in New York and Queens, mm-hmm. you know, the president of the United States was deep into uh, real estate and kind of looked like a cokehead in the 70s. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, and it's, so it's like there's so many dots you can connect, you know, like the Studio 54s of the world. Who do you think was supplying that cocaine? It's like she, her influence was outsized even within pop culture. Uh, and only How now. How many disco I mean, records did she produce? I mean, all of them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much all of them. And that is, you know, that I think is why she deserves to have a million terrible Lifetime movies, prolific, like, good, like, prestige television dramas, <laughs> uh-huh. um, spinoffs, books. I think that, like, she, to me, is the ultimate. And, you know, honestly, didn't really get her hands that dirty. You know, like, we did mention the six. Who knows how many people she killed in person. We don't know about the the attendance at these orgies, necessarily. Uh-huh. <laughs> but... You know, in the end of her life is walking around free getting meat from a butcher, which is also the fact that she's at a butcher shop and she's kind of a butcher herself is, you know, symbolic. It's poetic, poetic <laughs> justice. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, and not only did she pioneered uh, smuggling clothing, she pioneered uh, assassination techniques. She pioneered war wagons that right. all the cartels use now, the armored trucks to to do drive-bys. That, that wasn't done until she started doing it. And a, a lot of people say, well, the negative thing about this is that people are going to glorify her because she was a female entrepreneur who was at the top of her business in a male-dominated genre when she was actually, you know, one of the most brutal killers around. And I'm like, well, well you're doing this. We do the same thing with, with male killers who've done right. much less. I mean, let's so talk about, not? yeah, what is Kanye's album called? It's not called The Life of Griselda. It's called Life of Pablo. So <laughs> when he says, I feel like Pablo, he's not talking about, you know, Picasso. So, <laughs> oh, I just and, realized that. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, I, I think that it's just like such a flimsy, uh, I guess, feeling about about anyone feeling any kind of way about her. You know, I don't I don't respect any killers. <laughs> yeah. Why would I? Uh, yeah. I like being alive. But sure. I think that um if, you know, if we're going to rank people in terms of their effectiveness or, you know, what, the, like, their outsized influence on the world, it's very clear that, like, you know, she was just like a Corleone, you know? Like, she's not, <laughs> mm-hmm. she's not missing a step. And I think it's important because it also, you know, it's sort of this idea that if women are being discounted or they're they're seen as incapable of doing something, like, this is a person who was, a woman and was also capable of terrible heinous murder. Right. And like if if it saves one person's life to recognize that a woman is capable of being that like cold-blooded. <laughs> yeah. So be it. But ladies can be terrible too. Yeah, ladies leave your man at home because <laughs> you're going to go and murder some people. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. So that was the story of Griselda Blanco and uh I I think we did a good enough job that her son could listen to it and say I'll let you live. Yeah. And also I would say like, you know, he ha- in his own life has been very much like, you know, we're not our parents and I'm trying to change and be different. And yep. I think what's kind of beautiful about that is, I mean, for one, I'm like, is he, he's like a millennial or something? Like he's pretty young, he's I think. He's 40. Uh, okay. So he's, he's like a Gen 40s. X. So he's a Gen Xer kind of, or like an elder millennial. An elder um, millennial. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and 
I think that there is something very true about like learning from what your parents did and your parents' mistakes. And hopefully, you know, he stays on that straight and narrow. And I don't believe that he was raised in such close conjunction with his mother. But the fact that he turned out to be seemingly upstanding is yeah. is good news. And also, he's I'm sure he has to live in fear, right? There are still people alive today who have relatives who were murdered by her. Oh, um, probably, huh? I mean, like, it's it's very fascinating to hear, like, just the fact that her shadow still looms so large in Colombia today. I think that, like, she is just a very divisive figure for the reasons you mentioned about people kind of glorifying her, but also the fact that, like, she really did murder a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And he's got to go through the world knowing that that's who his mother was. And so I, I hope that he is uh, is okay. And I hope that he's also a good person. Now, we were talking about rappers. Uh, Kanye referenced Pablo. You know who, who rec- referenced uh, Griselda? I mean, a few people, right? And Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj in That's 2019. Right. Yes. Oh, she definitely did that. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Uh, a lot they, of they, rappers. Lil yeah, Kim. Young Boy Never Broke Again. Migos. Yeah, Lil Kim. Pusha T. Mm-hmm. It's wild. So uh, she's uh, yeah, referenced in a lot of, uh, a lot of pop culture. Uh, television shows, cartoons. Yeah, Drunk uh, History did a great episode starring Maya, Maya Rudolph as uh-huh. her, which uh-huh. I thought was amazing. So if you haven't seen that, I would check it out. And uh, Cartel Crew. Check out, mm. watch Cartel Crew. Why not? Yes. Uh, I'm going to watch it. Akila, what, uh, what do you have going on? What do you have coming up that you might want people to check out? Oh, man. Well, you know, in terms of like things coming up, who has anything coming up? <laughs> but, uh, uh-huh. but, um, Any good live see. streams? <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I'm definitely on Instagram at Akila H. I have, like I said, What a Day, the podcast. It's a daily news pop culture. There's not much pop culture happening, but uh-huh. it's a daily news pop culture podcast from Cricket Media. It comes out every single weekday. And I have some work with Comedy Central coming out probably online soon. So nice. if you're at home and online, follow Comedy Central on Instagram, and you may just get some fun little sketchy things from your girl. Okay. And that's uh, Akila, A-K-I-L-A-H, and with yeah. an extra H at the end on Instagram, right? That's right. <laughs> and then uh, on Twitter, you're Akila, obviously. That's right. Akila, obviously. Yeah, buy my book, obviously. If you're at home, now's a great time to start reading. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, yeah. stories from my timeline, out from Penguin. Check it out. It's fun. Nice. No, there's no murder. <laughs> there's a little bit of death, but no murder. Everybody check that out. Akila, thank you so much for uh, for coming on and talking. Thank you for having me. This was just delightful and stay safe out there. You just listened to episode 52 of Women Who Kill. If you liked it, subscribe. Subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever else you find your podcasts. What subscribing does is as soon as the episode is available... Your device automatically downloads it, so you don't have to go searching for it. You don't have to be obsessively refreshing. Uh, it comes right to you. makes everything easy. Now, if you want to support with your dollars, the best way to do that is at patreon.com slash kaichoice. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash k-a-i-c-h-o-y-c-e. Join the Women Who Illuminati. Get free things, access to bonus content. All the archives are there. Most recent 10 episodes of the show are always available for free. Wherever podcasts are found, the archives roll into the Patreon. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We'll see you next week.